Blog Talk Radio. and a culture controlled by rich white people. My name is Barack Obama. Jesus was a poor black man who lived in a country and who lived in a culture that was controlled by rich white people. Shandu was throwing the money around. Obama was dressed in the nicest, slickest clothes. When I first met Obama and Shandu, I swear to you, I thought they were both gay, and I thought they were both wealthy. Barack knows what it means to be a black man living in a country and a culture that is controlled by rich white people. Don't you get a kick out of people describing Barack Obama as elitist? Is it you are elitist? Tell me who you walk with, and I will tell you who you are. What's interesting to me in retrospect is I don't I don't think more than a handful of African American kids at that house. That was another myth of the Obama presidency is, is the young Obama I knew didn't have particularly deep roots in the African American community. Sheriff Joe Arpaio says he suspects President Obama's birth certificate is a fake. We believe probable cause exists indicating that forgery and fraud may have been committed. We're not going to be able to solve our problems if we get distracted by sideshows and carnival barkers. Speaking of sideshows, distractions, and carnival barkers, settle in. The Situation Report with Doc Jones starts right now. Why are gas prices going higher and higher? Ask George Bush's best friend, Big Oil. (laughs) Big Oil kept U.S. oil reserves in Anwar off limits by paying off the caribou lobby. Big Oil. And who conspired to keep new refineries from being built in the U.S.? Big Oil. Big Oil. And why is Ted Kennedy opposing windmills in Nantucket Sound? Big oil. And who, in 1979, along with the cardigan sweater cartel, made sure that Iran would always be run by unstable lunatics? Big oil. Big oil did all this to make unbelievable profits of nine cents per gallon. So get angry at George Bush and big oil and ignore anything the Democrats have ever done to get us in this mess. Paid for by George Soros and other futures trading friends of Hillary Rodham Clinton. People come to Internet Radio for any number of reasons. Among the reasons are perhaps they're tired of the pasteurized, homogenized news that they get from their TV. Or some may want their talk radio a little more raw. Well, that's what you get with Internet Talk Radio. Real people with real opinions that give you real conversation. It's not just daddy's talk radio. And it's for people who stay informed and a great way to share ideas and debate issues. Well, let's just say that Internet Talk Radio hosts don't sit in front of the makeup mirror before they go on the air. Internet Talk Radio is a fast-growing new media that allows folks to get around the dinosaur media. We are America United. This is a network of patriotic radio hosts bringing you honest, 
discussion and discourse that will keep you riveted all day. Check out radio.waaumedia.com. Excellence in Broadcasting presents Liberals of Genius. Liberals of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. President of the United States. Mr. President of the United States. You single-handedly managed to choke all the life out of the world's greatest economy in record time. 10% no one else could have apologized more, spent more, or built a rat maze healthcare system from hell that only the IRS could love. What were you thinking? Thanks to you, FDR will be known as a conservative, Carter will look presidential, and Joseph Stalin won't seem like such a bad guy. Joe was misunderstood. So crack open a good book, sit on your butt, and help your buddies with a snowball's chance in November. Mr. President, the one we weren't waiting for. If I wanted America to fail, to follow, not lead, to suffer, not prosper, to despair, not dream, I'd start with energy. I'd cut off America's supply of cheap, abundant energy. I couldn't take it by force. So I'd make Americans feel guilty about using the energy that heats their homes, fuels their cars, runs their businesses, and powers their economy. I'd make cheap energy expensive, so that expensive energy would seem cheap. I would empower unelected bureaucrats to all but outlaw America's most abundant sources of energy. After banning its use in America, I'd make it illegal for American companies to ship it overseas. If I wanted America to fail, I'd use their schools to teach one generation of Americans that their factories and their cars will cause a new ice age. And I'd muster a straight face so I could teach the next generation that they're causing global warming. When it's cold out, I'd call it climate change instead. I'd imply that America's cities and factories run on wind power and wishes. I teach children how to ignore the hypocrisy of condemning logging, mining, and farming while having roofs over their heads, heat in their homes, and food on their tables. I would never teach children that the free market is the only force in human history to uplift the poor, establish the middle class, and create lasting prosperity. Instead, I demonize prosperity itself so that they will not miss what they will never have. If I wanted America to fail, I would create countless new regulations and seldom cancel old ones. They would be so complicated that only bureaucrats, lawyers, and lobbyists could understand them. That way small businesses with big ideas wouldn't stand a chance. And I would never have to worry about another Thomas Edison, Henry Ford, or Steve Jobs. I would ridicule as flat earthers those who urge them to lower energy costs by increasing supply. And when the evangelists of common sense try to remind people about the laws of supply and demand, I'd enlist the sympathetic media to drown them out. If I wanted America to fail, I would empower unaccountable bureaucracy seated in a distant capital to bully Americans out of their dreams and their property rights. I'd send federal agents to raid guitar factories for using the wrong kind of wood. I'd force homeowners to tear down their own homes built on their own land. 
I'd make it almost impossible for farmers to farm, miners to mine, loggers to log, and builders to build. Because I don't believe in free markets, I'd invent false ones. I'd devise fictitious products like carbon credits and trade them in imaginary markets. I'd convince people that this would create jobs and be good for the economy. If I wanted America to fail, for every concern I'd invent a crisis, and for every crisis I'd invent a cause like shutting down entire industries and killing tens of thousands of jobs in the name of saving spotted owls. And when everyone learned the stunning irony that the owls were victims of their larger cousin than not people, it would already be decades too late. If I wanted America to fail, I'd make it easier to stop commerce than to start it, easier to kill jobs than create them, more fashionable to invent success than to seek it. When industries seek to create jobs, I'd file lawsuits to stop them, and then I'd make taxpayers pay for my lawyers. If I wanted America to fail, I would transform the environmental agenda from a document of conservation to an economic suicide pact. I would concede entire industries to our economic rivals by imposing regulations that cost trillions. I would celebrate those who preach environmental austerity in public while indulging a lavish lifestyle in private. I convince Americans that Europe has it right and that America has it wrong. If I wanted America to fail, I would prey on the goodness and the decency of ordinary Americans. I would only need to convince that all of this is for the greater good. If I wanted America to fail, I, I suppose I wouldn't change a thing. Indeed. If you wanted America to fail, we'll reelect Barack Hussein Obama. Well, good evening, folks. Welcome to another fun-filled and fantastic episode of the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. I'm your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Today's date is April 30th, 2012, here in beautiful Old Town Alexandria, the United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun. I went to see the Raven over the weekend. And I loved it. I loved it. It was fantastic. Right up until the end, where a little bit of history was <laughs> was played with uh, the death of uh, of Edgar Allan Poe, my favorite poem, uh, poet, um, and uh, following close behind is Percy B. Shelley the husband of Mary Shelley, and all of us know that Mary Shelley was the uh, writer of Frankenstein, married to Percy B. But at the end of the movie, and I won't give it away for some of you folks, well, let's just leave it at that. It was a really good movie. Uh, I urge uh, all of you to go out and check it out. You'll you'll be fascinated by it. I got a nice... Uh, Nice uh, room in the house. We've got 2020 Radio, who has a show on Blog Talk Radio at uh, 9, right after me. And uh, I urge you to go check out his show because it is fantastic. Continuously in the top, well, the top 15, 
Stay Mads back in the house. He's here for a little while. Glad to see you. Casanova Frankenstein, my main man. Love that name. Uh and uh we have a we have a nice uh nice group of folks in here tonight. Well, let's get right down to it. Holder uh is uh was in here just a minute ago. I don't know if he's still here. Uh but uh he was here. Holder Awakens, he's got a great show on Blog Talk as well. Uh yeah. Obama's got a new slogan. <laughs> Yes, he does. Obama has a new campaign slogan. It's just simply forward, forward. Oh, man. The Obama campaign just issued a new slogan just today, I think. Mob. Mob was the term used to describe liberals uh, by Ann Coulter in her brilliant book, Demonic. How the liberal mob is endangering America, citing Gustave Le Bon, the first to identify the phenomenon of mass psychology in his book, The Crow, the crowd, the crowd. I'm sorry, a study of the popular mind. And Coulter writes in her book, uh, all the characteristics of mob behavior set forth by Le Bon in 1895 are evident in modern liberalism. Extreme black and white thinking, inability to follow logical arguments, a religious worship of their leaders, and, of course, blind hatred of their opponents. I think Anne is right on point with that. We see in uh, in politics these days where liberals refuse to listen to any other thinking other than their own. Mitt Romney's going to be the guy. Who's going to be his running mate? That's my question to you tonight. The call-in number is 347-884-8500. Who's going to be Romney's running mate? And do we stand a good chance of getting Obama out of office? The polls show that Obama is losing support across the board. Forward. Forward. Obama's new slogan has a long socialist past. Is anyone surprised that forward? There's an article in the Washington Times that states just that. New Obama slogan has long ties to Marxism and socialism. The article by Victor Morton in the... uh, Washington Times, I'll put the link up in the chat room for those who are in the chat room to check it out. Forward. Courage. Forward. All right. Anyway, the article reads, uh, the Obama campaign apparently didn't look backwards into history when selecting its new campaign slogan, Forward. A word with a long and rich association with European Marxism. Many communist and radical publications and entities throughout the 19th and 20th centuries had the name Forward or its foreign cognates. Wikipedia has an entire section called Forward, generic name for socialist publications, Forward. 
the name forward carries a special meaning in socialist political terminology. It's long been frequently used as a name for socialist, communist, and other left-wing newspapers and publications. The online encyclopedia explains that the slogan forward reflects the conviction of European Marxists and radicals and that their movements reflected the march of history, which would move forward past capitalism and into socialism and communism. Is it any wonder that Obama chose that slogan, folks? Did they give it any thought at all? Did that clown in the White House give any thought to this slogan, or was it? did he do it on purpose? Did someone say, hey, you know what? We need a new slogan. How about, well, how about forward? Let's do that. Let's do forward. It sounds uh, appealing. Forward. Forward. We're going to move forward. What the hell does that mean? Well, I'm going to explain it. (laughs) The Obama campaign released its new campaign slogan Monday. In a seven-minute video, Monday, today. The title card has... Simply the word forward, with the O having the familiar Obama logo from 2008. It'll be played at rallies this weekend that mark the Obama re-election campaign's official beginning, not the fact that it it unofficially began more than a year ago. There have been at least two radical left publications named named Vortwurz, the German word for forward, One was the daily newspaper of the Socialist Democratic Party of Germany, whose writers include Frederick Engels and Leon Trotsky. It still publishes as an organ of Germany's SDP, though that party's changed considerably since World War II. And another was the 1844 bi-weekly reader of the Communist League, Karl Marx, Engels, and Trotsky, are among the names associated with that publication. So our president has chosen forward, forward. Is it interesting? Socialism, Marxism. What would happen if Obama gained a second term? Folks, are you getting out the vote? Are you getting in people's faces? The call-in number is 347-884-8500. Conservative critics of of the Obama administration have noted numerous ties to radicalism, socialism, Marxism, all throughout Mr. Obama's history. From his first political campaign until today. Remember, his campaign, his first political campaign was launched from the living room of two former Weather Underground members, all the way to appointing Green Job Czar Van Jones as a self-described communist. 
it can't be overstated that we're in a situation right now where America is in deep trouble. Forward. Let's move forward, shall we? The guy is a communist. He's a socialist. You know what my problem is right now? I'm going to tell you exactly what's going on here. Remember when being gay used to be hush-hush? You couldn't just be openly gay. Rock Hudson. Hell, I didn't know Rock Hudson was gay until, like, uh, uh, he was on Dynasty. And the rumors started spreading around. There's so many actors and actresses from the 40s and 50s who were gay. You don't, you had no idea. Because to be gay meant openly gay and being such a profession was could be the end of it. Because a lot of times you'd see the guy with a really hot chick or he, or, or he was married. But he was gay. But he couldn't say he was gay because that would be the end of his career. Where are you going with this, Doc Jones? People are saying... What's up with the gay bashing? No, here's the deal. It's hip to be socialist now. Remember when McCarthy was going on his socialist witch hunt, doing good work for the good people of this country? Socialists and Marxists and communists were hiding. They were running for cover, weren't they? They were running and ducking and dodging. Some of them were leaving the country. To be a socialist, to be a con, to be to be a, a socialist, to be a Marxist, a communist, hell, that meant the end of your career as well. It was worse than being gay. Better to be gay and be straight up super American, Captain America, gay, than to be a communist, a socialist, or a Marxist. If you are a communist, a socialist, or a Marxist, it's time for you to leave town, leave the country, leave the continent. When McCarthy went on his his rants about socialism and communism infiltrating the government and Hollywood and everywhere else, your local grocery store, folks were running, running and ducking. But now what's happening is just like being gay, oh, it's cool. Some of my best friends are gay. Oh, man, that guy's gay. Oh, so what? I just learned that one of my favorite actors, White Collar, the the, the the USA series White Collar, that handsome stud is gay. He's got chicks. He's hugging and kissing up all the chicks in the show. He's he's just a cool guy. And I just found out he's gay. He's got like a husband. And they've got a baby. What the hell happened there? I didn't know. But hey, it's cool, right? I'm still going to watch the show because I've been desensitized to, desensitized to gay folks. It's all good. You can be gay now. You can be gay and be married. Could you be gay and be married in the 50s or the 40s? Hell no. But just like that, it's now cool to be a communist. It's cool to be a socialist. Yeah, I'm a socialist. And I'm damn proud of it. Not me, of course, but you know what I'm saying. It's okay to be a socialist now. They're coming out of the closet. Now that we've got 
Barack Hussein Obama as our president, and he's throwing out slogans like, forward, folks are going to be coming out. They're coming out of the communist closet. They're coming out of the socialist closet. They're coming out, and they're going to say, I'm not gay. I'm socialist and proud of it. And let's and let's all be socialist because it's all good. So when Obama throws out his Osawatomi, Kansas speech, where he talks about uh, pretty much saying that capitalism doesn't work anymore, throwing out slogans like "forward," having folks in his in his group, all these communist and socialist czars, what's he doing, folks? He's desensitizing America to be to 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 to, to for cause make it hip to be square. It's hip to be square. It's hip to be a geek. It's hip to be gay. It's hip to be a socialist. That's what he's doing. He's desensitizing us to becoming more accepting of the socialist way. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come right back. We have a call on the line. Caller, we'll get to you as soon as we come back. It is hip. Yeah. We'll be right back. You're on with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Oh, <laughs> 
Please join the hit squad of dynamic radio hosts on Internet Talk Radio. Starting at 8 p.m., listen to The Situation Report with Dr. C. Robert Jones of Gojo Media. Doc Jones is a retired Marine officer and holds a Ph.D. in history. Come check out his show weeknights from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. From there, stay on board with the 2020 Network, alternating between G-Ski Rocks and his show, Live and Direct, and David Graham of Stay Mad Radio, taking you to bedtime with wit and wisdom and class and clarity. Join this nightly tea party family and bring your friends Monday through Thursday, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Time. What to do, 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 do on Friday? Well, keep your internet radio routine with Tesla's great show, Socialism is Not an Option. The Roundtable Roundup Edition, where you can call in and vent your frustrations from the week. It's an open line discussion where other radio hosts and listeners call in and let us know what's on their mind every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Back with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. The call in number is 347 884 8500, and we have a caller on the line. I think I know who this is. Uh, let's see here. Caller, you're on with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Dr. Jones, it's Holger. How are you? Holger. Holger Awakens. Great blog talk radio show. Announce your show for me before you get started, uh, Holger. Uh, I've got the uh, the Awakening is the name of my show. It's on mm-hmm. Saturday nights. We uh, we just changed the time. It's now at 11 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday nights, giving people a little extra hour of sleep. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're moving it up an hour. So that's what we got going on. All right. So what do you want to talk about tonight, Holder? Well, you know, I I uh, I liked what you were talking about with uh, with Obama and the uh, desensitizing people on this whole socialism. It's kind of ironic. I, I just happened to be reading that same uh, Washington Times article uh, just ten minutes before I popped into your show here and, and mm-hmm. heard you talking about this whole the the, the new uh, the new slogan of forward. And um, you know, I I want to just throw in there that. I've noticed how, you know, that this guy, Obama, has gotten so emboldened over time. I don't, I don't know if you remember, yeah. remember or not, but when very early in his campaign against Hillary Clinton, it was kind of an obscure interview that he did, but it was with some local radio show, and I believe it was in New York City, but he did this local radio show interview. And the host asked him about this, you know, some rumor that he was a socialist. Mm-hmm. And he kind of, in his his own way, of course, you know, skirted the issue and did a lot of ums and ahs and all that kind of good stuff. And um, apparently didn't feel real comfortable that he had refuted that claim. And he, he literally called back into the radio station later on and demanded that they put him back on the air so he could vehemently say he was not a socialist. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, so obviously very paranoid at that time. I don't know if somebody called him up and said, hey, dude, that didn't come across very good or <laughs> yeah, or whatnot. But you go from that kind of a paranoia that he had to the fact that, you know, three and a half, four years later now, every speech he makes, he's making reference to we can't do anything alone. Yeah, exactly. That uh, that the Republicans want you to go out and fend for yourselves, and everybody play by their own rules, and and that kind of talk. And I believe, well, yeah, go out and fend for yourself, because what he's saying is we shouldn't. We should play by a strict set of rules that are you know scripted by whom and who is uh, if we're not out on our own and doing our own thing what else is what what does he mean by that exactly i mean it's it's it, it, re- it reminds me of hillary clinton's book you know it takes a village you know you, yeah. you certainly a, a set of parents can't raise a child it takes a whole town to raise a child and as obama would state you know we can't expect an american to actually go to school pay his way through school and get a job on his own i mean that's that's the community's responsibility it is to you know it's yeah. the the collective Exactly, and 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 as you stated earlier, uh, earlier just a few moments ago, Barack Obama has increasingly become more and more emboldened, and and the socialist rhetoric is coming out. He he doesn't come right out and say I'm a socialist. Nobody really ever does. But I mean, not not in not not anyone in his position. There's only one person who's used the term socialist in his in his uh, rhetoric, and that was Adolf Hitler. Uh, but uh, uh, it just came right out with it. Uh, there have been others, you know, who 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 not wanted to, you know, who, who had no shame. But Barack Hussein Obama, our president, is now in every speech, as you just stated, coming out and saying, uh, using socialist language, without actually coming out and saying that we need to become more of a socialist Marxist country. Exactly, and and uh, yeah, and of course nobody in the mainstream media would call him out. There, I think everybody you know that's even partly conservative on in the mainstream media is afraid to call him out. But you know, I mean, the whole class warfare, you know, he he took up that that strategy uh, many many months ago. And I mean, I mean, let's face it, who who takes up a strategy of class warfare other than an anti-capitalist socialist? What's astounding is it, it, it's not it's not something that's unexpected from a socialist or Marxist or a communist to to uh, to use class warfare rhetoric. What's astounding is that it's coming from the president of the United States of America. That's what is astounding to me. Our president, the guy who's supposed to who who came into office stating that he was going to bring the country together, there were no red states, there were no blue states, only the United States of America were his exact words, uh, and he has simply divided this country down several different lines: socioeconomic, uh, religion, uh, race. He is dividing this country such to the point that I haven't, you know, of course I've not witnessed in my few few years on this planet but uh you know it it's astounding to me holger well let me ask you a question i you know when when obama you know kind of broke onto the scene and it looked like it was going to be him and hillary and so forth obviously i started looking into this guy and and one of the first things that popped up was you know him being labeled as the most liberal 
senator in the U.S. Senate and so forth. So obviously that got my hackles raised and all that. And, and one of the first one of the first things I saw from this man that absolutely you know got me going in the opposite direction from him was a, a, a video he made a long time ago when he was talking about the wars in Iraq and in Afghanistan and he he made that infamous line about the fact that in Afghanistan all we were doing was bombing villages and killing civilians. Mm-hmm. So I guess obviously when this man got elected um I knew we were in big trouble but my question for you is did you did you have any idea that he would become this extreme so quickly? No, I did not. In fact, I'll go ahead and admit it. Um, I rooted, yes, I rooted for Barack Obama over Hillary Clinton. And for t- for two reasons. Number one, I can't stand Hillary Clinton <laughs> at all. You know, I've got, yeah, I was a Marine for a long time. I've got some friends who were in the Secret Service, and they tell me that she was just a horrible person to them. And that, that alone... You know, and 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 the truth is, I started out loving Hillary. I, I mean, I, I I had I had a big crush on that woman when she first came into office. I'll admit it, but I, I can't stand her now. I can't. I just can't. Can't. I can't do it. But, yeah. but, uh, and so I I rooted for Obama to beat Hillary because I just knew he wasn't going to win. Yeah. He was going to be John McCain. I thought Hillary had a better chance of beating John McCain than Barack Obama. So I wanted Obama to to get the nomination. And uh, I looked into his background, and I thought, I mean, Hillary's talking was talking about an, an October surprise, something coming out of Barack Obama's past to come in and trip him up, and we were all waiting for that. That never happened. Uh, it's happening now, of course, but I never thought so. I never thought so. I thought he, I mean, I thought like a lot of people that he'd be at least a centrist, that he'd be at least a, a Bill Clinton kind of uh, uh, a president. Well, you know, I uh, I, I, gotta, I gotta say that you and me were in the same boat because uh, I uh, also hated Hillary Clinton for a very long time. I actually never did like her, so I guess I'm one up on you there. But but bottom line is, I I uh, just hoped with everything I had that Obama would beat her in the primary because I I I was convinced that Hillary Clinton would would beat. The Republican nominee without a problem. Yeah, and 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 I literally, I swear to God, I said to myself, there is no way in God's green earth that America that that the American people will elect a guy like Obama that liberal. We we just won't we just won't do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought so too. So and, and the shame joke, on me. The joke, the joke was on us. He's yeah. been elected, but now we need to go ahead and be vigilant and get him out of office as quickly as possible. Uh, he needs to be gone. Uh, uh, this this election cycle, he cannot stay around. We can't afford it. The country can't afford it. Uh, one of the articles that I wrote earlier today suggests that what if this guy gets another four years without any restraints, without any uh, new elections coming up? There's no telling what havoc he'll wreak on this country, and if he do, and if we do manage us, uh, conservatives manage to take the Senate and keep the House, uh, he'll just use executive orders, and nobody's nobody. There'll be no one to stop him. Absolutely, and and um, I mean it's just like just on this this last thing with Gaza, or with the, with the Palestinians, where he uh, he got this this aid 
earmarked for him. Obviously, there was a law in the books that 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 would not be possible unless he took unless the president himself actually took some certain steps to see that 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 was rescinded momentarily for him to approve aid and so forth. And I mean, those are the kinds of things that he can do. I don't care if you've got. You know, I don't care if you got 60 Republicans in the Senate and you got a you know three to one margin in in the House. There's there's stuff the man is going to be able to do. And quite frankly, I think he would spend four years making it, you know, theoretically impossible for anybody uh, on the on the conservative side to ever be able to turn things around in a decent amount of time. Quite yeah. frankly. Exactly. The, one of the good things, though, Holder, is that the the new president coming in can use executive orders to dismantle uh, a lot of things that Obama has put into place, but not some of the things that are that are sort of like ingrained into the, the like for for example, if Obamacare is uh, is said to stand, a lot of the money's already gone out. Yeah. And so uh, any president, uh, the new president, uh, hopefully Romney will come in and he can stop it. But then there'll be a lot of waste, uh, a lot of wasted funds there that he'll have to deal with the fallout from it. Uh, you know, from from uh, the Democrats over that. You know, he'll, because they'll say that okay, he's, um, you know, he signed an. I guess he can sign an, an executive order. Can he do that, or does he need to get con- congressional approval to overturn Obamacare? Do you know? You know, I I. Uh, you know, I remember. It seems to me I remember Newt Gingrich saying that he would, if he was elected president, that that would one of the first things he would be would would, would be an executive order that had something to do with Obamacare. I can't remember what the mm-hmm. what the details were, but there was something he was saying he could do about Obamacare at that point. In time. Yeah, but, and I and I think an, an executive order can can go into play and 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 get that done. What what I um. What I what I what I find also uh, uh, disheartening is the, the you know folks are uh, American citizens are are taking root are taking hold of this socialist Marxist uh, idea. A lot of folks are feeling emboldened by it, uh, you know, uh, and uh, and America is is, is going to suffer for it at some point down the road. You know, socialism, Marxism, these things don't work. They don't work, and they certainly won't work here in America. Americans, uh, Holder, and perhaps you'll agree that Americans are hardwired for freedom and for prosperity. We're not the kind of people who are going to live in mud huts, uh, you know, no TVs, uh, you know, living by candlelight. We're greedy by nature. You know, we like to live large. We like to eat what we want to eat. We like to do what we want to do. We like to go where we want to go. And, and the, you know, eight years, if he has eight years, that's not going to change. He, he can't change in Amer- the American, uh, the, the Americana, the American ideal with just one, with one president over, over a four or eight year term. I think what he's trying to do is actually futile. I don't think you can change us that easily. Well, I think I think the the American system I think does a better job than any other you know governmental system in the in the world of of mirroring what human nature is. I think is is what it is. I think it's just I think human beings just have a natural inclination for 
private property and personal freedoms and personal mm-hmm. liberties and all that kind of good stuff. And you know, I, I think what we're fighting right now, and of course I'm ex- not exactly a spring chicken. I was raised back in the times when you know communism communism was the c word and and the soviet mm-hmm. union was a was an ugly monster and and uh and so forth and so on but you know the uh you know thanks to jimmy carter and all the gang back then you know we've instilled this education system in our country that's been very successful the last 50 years 40 years of 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 dumbing down our youth as to the evils of communism i mean i i think you 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 see these you see young people in their their twenties and even into their early thirties who, who who truly don't really fear communism. They don't they don't really see it as a bad thing, and no. that that's disturbing to say the least. What's disturbing is if they ever had to live under it, they would they I mean they would be uh, they would not be they would not want to go for it. I mean uh, I think a lot of folks uh, need to take a trip over to you know Soviet Russia. Uh, you know the Soviet Union and spend some time over there and 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 and, and sort of get an idea of the true system. Even that clown Lee Harvey Oswald, <laughs> who thought that uh, uh, communism was 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 the thing to was the thing to be being a communist, and he went over to com uh, to uh, he went over to uh, to Russia, stayed there for a brief period of time, and 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 left and came back, and he just couldn't stand it. Even that clown knew better. Um, hold your hold on a second. We've got uh, if you if you'd like to hold, we've got uh, uh, Stay Mad, uh, David Graham of Stay Mad Radio, and the author of the book Stay Mad on with us. David, come on in here. Hey, how's my smell? Hey, life is good, man. How about you? Good. How's my how's my Skype signal? Okay. Sounds wonderful. You you're sexy. You're sexy and you know it, man. Mm-hmm. You got that whole bass thing, Barry White thing happening. Well, that's good. Yeah. All right. So um yeah the the kids these days don't have a learn don't complete the learning arc of communism. That's what I would say. <laughs> mm-hmm. They stop learning at the at the top. Uh, at utopia, and they don't realize that that utopia needs to be enforced, and that you know that that's how that works. But, but the reason I called was uh, you were asking about the executive order. Yeah. And hey, I don't think an executive order, unless it was Obama that used, because he's the only one that would get away with using executive order like that, because he has. Mm-hmm. Executive orders do not make law. They don't. They don't alter legislation. They do not have legislative powers. All they I do. See. Our rule changes for um, uh, within the uh, executive branch. I see. Okay. So he can't make an executive order. I mean, he can make an uh, somehow he could make an executive order for HHS because that mm-hmm. falls under the executive branch. You see what I mean? That's how he gets yeah. away with, with executive orders affecting our lives uh, legally is because we have all those regulatory. You know, agencies that fall under the executive branch. He can only make rules with the executive order that affect those. But in a, by extension, I see. So when it, when the when the presidential candidates, the the GOP candidates, uh, all stated that they would overturn Obamacare, it's just not that easy. No, it's not. It's not like a stroke of a pen. No. I mean, well, I mean, what 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 they mean is if they see the bill. Sign. I mean, they see the 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 you know the um the repeal. They'll sign it. That's what they mean when they say that. Mm-hmm. 
but that relies on a Congress to propose it, a Senate to, you know, to reinforce it. Mm-hmm. It has to get to him first before do it. What he's saying is, if they get it that far, he'll sign it. Well, apparently, a few test votes have been taken in the uh, with the um, the Supreme Court, and each of the four test votes that have gone through uh, that have been taken are have been have, uh, the votes been to strike down Obamacare to the provision for the individual mandate, and that uh, some some view that uh, that Obama has gotten the word that that is indeed the case, which is why he went on that rant about the court and the unelected officials and all that crap about mm. uh, you know they shouldn't overturn his law because he got the word that. You know, uh, three. I think four out of four, three out of the four votes were to sh- were to strike the to strike the law down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Well, it was interesting that there was one recusal. Kagan uh, uh, used herself on. Uh, oh no, no. Wait. What am I thinking? Um, she recused herself for the SB 1070 lock lawsuit, mm-hmm. but she should recuse herself for the Obamacare. That's what it is. I got the two the cases yeah. mixed. Yeah, exactly. So um, I'm looking forward to the um, to the ruling, and I wonder yeah. it could come down any what any any day now, or is it expected like next month? I'm not sure. I thought June. Yeah, I yeah. thought June was the expected. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wish they'd just come on out with it, but hey. Any time yeah. it'd be it'd be great. If they strike it down, I will I will jump for joy. I'll have a great time. I have a great time anyway, but I'll have an even better time. I might even drink I might even drink a little a little hooch or something. <laughs> <laughs> so stay mad is back. You're back, uh sort of. Sort of. Let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah. The new promo, uh the uh the new promo from the uh taken from the, the uh the HBO series Luck uh was produced uh by uh by David Graham, the guy who's on the phone right now, folks. He did a great job as usual. I wish it could have been a little bit longer, but it is fantastic. Wow, you are the Mac of all daddies. Aside from 2020 radio, he's the Mac of all daddies with a sugar on top. Yeah, and you're number two. I mean, you, the the promos <laughs> that you throw out are really great. Now, what we need is uh is for 2020 to put out a promo, uh, so I can so I can add him to the to the mix. But yeah, thank you so much, David. You are uh you're you're a uh, an artist. Yes, I use that term artist, and it's true. I don't often go there with the whole artist thing. I think artists should be, you know, left for Picasso and uh, and you know folks like that, you know. Uh, but uh, you know Vincent right, Van Gogh. Right. But I'll put you in there. Right. I'll throw you in there. I'm blushing. I'm uh, blushing. Yeah. Stop. Well, now, like 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 uh, like Roy Cohen once said, uh, the famous uh, attorney. Um, now I know what uh, a pancake feels like after having had sugar poured all over it. Yeah, syrup, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, my man, it's almost time to get out of here. Uh, uh, so, uh, hey, you got anything else to add before we uh, say goodnight for the night? Well, no, I mean, like I said, I, I the only thing I was uh, going to kind of trying to clear up was that uh, executive order stuff. I've been uh I've been well, into the constitution and 
I, it was like that was the thing I remember studying. So. <laughs> well, exactly, because I thought that you know once Congress was taken over by the Republicans, that Obamacare would have been done because they were saying that if we take over Congress, if we have the numbers in Congress, we can strangle uh, no, you know the no, fund. Because, no, no, no. Let me help you with that one because you just have the Senate to deal with. Yeah. Uh, they, they won't. The Senate won't even put it up for a vote with Harry Reid in, in charge. Yeah. He won't even put it up, even if it does get through. In fact, it has gotten through the House. They've sent over and just don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, they probably have the votes to deal with, but, but they control what they put up on the docket to vote on, but they don't. So yeah. until you yeah. until you get both the House and the Senate, you know, you don't need a, a super majority, I don't think, but. Yeah. But uh, you know, if you get control of of them, then you can put something through. So, yeah, but you're exactly right. You get through the Senate, so that's why that's why it takes. Um, you know, that's why it. Uh, that's probably why the, the, you haven't seen anything uh, coming through. You know, the, the Senate just won't. Yeah. So yeah. Well, hey, are you going to be uh, broadcasting uh, again anytime soon? Probably uh, in about a, a week or so. Um, okay. Not not this week, but maybe next. I've been, I've been doing uh, Constitution study uh, um, uh, episodes mm-hmm. and pick a different segment and and go through it. And because you know, I'm I'm pretty much amazed at the stuff that at, at how deep it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, now will this will this occur? Uh-huh. Will this will this occur on the twenty twenty uh radio network or are you doing your yeah, own yeah. thing? Yeah, twenty twenty. No. Great. All right. That sounds good, man. Sounds like you got it all covered. It's great to have you back on the air to hear you um wow, you know, good. speak speak again and uh the the promo is fantastic. Both promos are great. I've gotta run the promo uh for the uh for the website uh over to the other guys before I go ahead and play it, but uh it it sounds fantastic. You once again you outdid yourself. And uh thank you so much for the call in. We've got about six minutes left. I gotta wrap up one or two more things and then we're out of here until tomorrow night. Tune in tomorrow now though, because we're gonna really do the Obama the tragedy thing. Uh, from an article written written by uh, William uh, Gensert in The American Thinker. I think it's something that you really do want to hear. If you don't subscribe to The American sure. Thinker, uh, 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 you, David, you might you might consider it because uh, they got some really oh, great articles I, there. In fact, you should write for them if you don't already. I don't, but I, I do read it. Yeah, I, I write for them and, uh, using a pseudonym. Uh, and uh, I got to change the pseudonym now because it's uh, become unpopular. But uh, I, I, I write, <laughs> I write for them. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was using I was using uh, uh, Ted Nugent's name for a while. Theodore, Theodore Nugent. <laughs> that was. I mean, that has been Theodore Nugent has been my alias for the last fifteen years, man. I can't use it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I stole it from a Chevy Chase movie. I'll tell you that Chevy Chase used it in a movie. He was signing into some hotel lobby, and he used the name Theodore Nugent. And I thought that was so cool because how many people really know all that much about the rocker, you know? And and yeah. and, the, and everybody knows him as Ted Nugent. So you know, I, I every time I wanted to sign something that I didn't want to sign my actual name to, my name to, I would t- I would write out Theodore Nugent, and nobody ever paid attention. 
Yeah, but now I got to change it. I got to change it to something else. But anyway, man, we are out of here. Please, everyone, hey, thank you so much, uh, David, for the call. And please tune in, if you will, to uh, 2020 show coming up next on Blog Talk Radio, the 2020 Radio Network, with my main man, G-Ski, G-Ski Rocks. Oh, man, I am so jealous of his show because he's perennially and perennially. Yeah, he's always in the top 15. How do I get there? I've been broadcasting a whole lot longer than than G's Gee. I've got almost a hundred thousand listens. Oh, he just has a great show. That's just it. His show is just better than mine. That's what it is. Damn. But hey, be that as it is, now you know. So get to his show just just over three minutes from now. So we're going to say goodnight, and we're going to head over to G-Ski's show, and we're going to listen to his uh, his broadcast and all the f- wonderful guests and call-ins that he has on his show. I want to say goodnight. Thanks, everybody, for being here tonight, and tune in tomorrow. We'll have a great show tomorrow, too. Good night, folks. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. We're out. Try not to get worried, try not to turn on to problems that upset you. Don't you know everything's alright, yes, everything's fine. And we want you to sleep well tonight. Let the world turn without you tonight. If we try, we'll get by, so forget all about us tonight. Everything's alright, yes, everything's alright, yes. Sleep and I shall soothe you, calm you, and anoint you, wherefore your heart forehead. Then you feel everything's alright, yes, everything's fine. And it's cool and the ointment sweet, for the fire in your head and feet. Close your eyes, close your eyes. And relax, think of nothing tonight. Hey, woman, you find ointment brand new and expensive. Should have been saved for the poor. Why has it been wasted? We could have raised maybe 300 silver pieces or more. People were hungry. People who are starving, they matter more than your feet and hands. Try not to get worried, try not to turn on to problems that upset you. Don't you know everything's alright, yes, everything's alright, yes. Surely you're not saying we have the resources to save the poor from their lot. There will be poor always, pathetically struggling. Look at the good things you've got. Think while you still have me move, while you still see me. You'll be lost and you'll be sorry when I'm gone. I'll soothe you, calm you, and anoint you before your hot forehead. Then you feel everything's alright, yes, everything's fine. 
and it's cool and the ointment sweet for the fire in 